0: Amen. So thankful uh, for the focus on our hearts. This morning you'll see that come out, I hope, clearly in the book of Jonah. So if you have your Bibles with you, you can open them with me, the book of Jonah. And while you're turning there, we are so thankful for our Kids KidZone uh, volunteers that systematically teach our children the Bible week in and week out. And for those faithfully serving in the nursery, we're so thankful for them as well. This morning we're talking about, as I mentioned, tuning our hearts to God's heart. Uh, this is, I think, really important because our hearts are instruments that so Kind of loud then. There you go. Now we have the mic. (laughs) I'm going to talk about whiplash in a little bit. (laughs) So we're talking about tuning our hearts to God's heart. And we said that we need to tune our hearts to God's heart because our hearts are instruments that quickly get out of tune. Swing one way or swing the other way. We we talked about how um, we know this because we can get frustrated with God for how he's not answering our prayers or how he is answering our prayers. We get frustrated with the people around us. We get frustrated with how things are going or how they aren't going. We get frustrated. And And if you're like, well, I never get frustrated with God. Well, wait till I give you some examples of ways to get frustrated with God. You might connect with some of them. And what I also want you to know is that to tune our hearts to God, we really need God's help. This is really the fruit of the Spirit that is that brings our heart into tune with God. So it's not like there's just three easy steps to take and then you'll be in tune with God. It's, it's that you're pleading with God to do this work in your heart so it can be in tune with Him. So we're talking about being, having our hearts in tune with God. And so what I'd like, my goal for this morning and how I want to try to help you is for you to be able to leave here knowing what you will do to turn your, tune your heart towards God's heart. So we're in the book of Jonah, as I mentioned, and you remember in the book of Jonah, God says, Jonah, I need you to go to Nineveh. Jonah, go to Nineveh and call out against that city. Jonah flips God off and runs the other way. And in running the other way, he goes down to Joppa. At Joppa, he goes down into a boat. Once he's on the boat, he goes down into the hold and lays down to go to sleep. Jonah running from God is a process downward. God says, in effect, you want to go down? I'll take you down a little deeper than you want to go. And so he hurls a storm and one thing leads to another, and they have to hurl Jonah overboard, and so they do, and God appoints a fish and takes Jonah very, very deep. So where Jonah will pray, it's one of the deepest prayers in the Bible, probably because Jonah is down deep, as anyone gets in the Bible, and Jonah prays, the seaweed is wrapped around my head, and I'm at the root of mountains. Jonah is down very, very deep, and Just gives thanks for the Lord's salvation. The Lord speaks to the fish. The fish vomits Jonah out onto dry land. Jonah makes the hike because God comes to him again and calls to him again to go to Nineveh and call out against the city. This time he does it. He goes and it works. Nineveh repents. And Jonah is angry. Jonah is still in over his head. It's a good thing there is grace for when we're in over our head. Let's pray and then we'll pick it up. Lord, we're all in over our head in one way or another. Lord, meet us with your grace by grabbing us by the heart and pulling us to yourself. Let us surrender to you what we won't surrender to you. Let us submit to you what we're mad about. Lord, I pray that you would stand in front of me while I'm in front of them, that you would talk over me while I talk to them for your glory's sake and our good so the world is reached for the gospel. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in Jonah chapter 4, verse 1, and we read, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, And he was angry. Okay, what displeased Jonah exceedingly? The fact that God relented from destroying Nineveh. Jonah was like, those Ninevites are evil and they need to be wiped from the face of the earth. And it'd be great if they could suffer for a while before they're wiped from the face of the earth. Jonah hated the Ninevites. Wanted them to be destroyed. Uh, there's a footnote on, but it d- displeased Jonah exceedingly if you have the English Standard Version. And if you do, maybe you could look at it and uh, read what it says. If you don't, I'm going to put it on the board here. The Hebrew, I just lost, uh, just lost the feed. There it is. is. Has it been up there the whole time? Okay, so it just went out back here. So if I turn around and look, then that's what's going on. So the Hebrew says it was exceedingly evil to Jonah. So Jonah sees that Nineveh has been spared, and Jonah's like, God, that is a moral evil that you spared Nineveh. Do you see that? Jonah's like, God, this is such a bad decision for you to spare Nineveh. Here's here's Jonah's deal. Jonah wants to be God of God and tell God what's good and tell God what's evil. And the fact that God is being God different than Jonah would be God makes Jonah mad. And I'm saying I can relate to Jonah. I am Jonah and he is me. Because there's times when God is God, not like I want him to be God, and I get mad. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly. Jonah was utterly disgusted with God, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, is this not what I said when I was yet in my country? Like, I knew this is gonna how it was going to go, and this is why I fled. So remember, God calls Jonah, go to Nineveh. Jonah flips God off and runs the other way, gets on the boat. And this is why. So Jonah's telling us his motives. He says, this is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you were a gracious God and merciful, and slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and relenting from disaster. Like, I knew that you would spare them all along, and that's why I ran away, because I didn't want them to be spared. Therefore, now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Like, I'm so mad at how you are being God, I just want to die in protest." And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Should you be angry at me for being God the way I'm being God? Do you have a right to be mad at me for being God the way I'm being God? Are you justified in being mad at me for being God the way I'm being God? Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. Now, why did he do that? Well, I think he had planned to stay for 40 days, hoping God would change his mind and wipe the city from the face of the earth. Remember that Jonah... Remember Jonah's message in chapter 3, verse 4. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, called out, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. I think he's hoping that, look, man, I really prayed this prayer. I said, God, I'd rather die in protest. Maybe God will change his mind and destroy the city. Maybe God will listen to me, and I'll get to be God of God. And he sat under it in its shade till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up Over Jonah, Hey, have you seen that word appointed before? What else has God appointed so far in the book of Jonah? Anybody? You can yell it out. A fish. God has hurled a storm and appointed a fish, and now God appoints a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head and save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when the dawn came up the next day, God, what's that next word? Appointed. Appointed. a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. Hey, is God being passive with Jonah's heart? No, Jonah is after, God is after Jonah's heart. And so God is going to hurl stuff, and he's going to appoint stuff to come into Jonah's life to get a hold of Jonah's heart. And when the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. So God has appointed a fish, appointed a plant, appointed a worm, and appointed a wind as teaching tools for Jonah. And he asked that he might die. Like Jonah's like, I'm just, I'd rather die than live in this kind of discomfort. It is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Do you do well to be angry for the plant? Is it a good idea for you to be mad at me? for trying to teach you something and get a hold of your heart? Are you justified in your anger, Jonah, really? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. I like that plant. That was my favorite plant. That plant made me happy. Now my head is sunburned. And the Lord said, you pity the plant, pity is an important word in Jonah, you pity the plant, for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that's that word pity again, can I not pity Nineveh? That great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle. In other words, Jonah, Jonah look, you've got your plant that you love, okay? I know maybe, maybe you'll never agree with me that the 120,000 Ninevites are important, but can I have, at least have pity on their cattle? Would that be okay, Jonah? Jonah? The way I see it, God is after Jonah's heart. And he's after your heart. And where our hearts are out of tune with God is when we're frustrated with God for not being God the way we want him to be God. So to bring our hearts back into tune, we cooperate with what the Lord is appointing in our lives. We cooperate with what the Lord is hurling into our lives. And so as you think about bringing your heart into tune with the Lord, as you think about finishing that sentence that we started with, I will tune my heart to God's heart by, how would you answer that question? And I'll give you three options. First first is, will you tell God why you're mad? What's amazing to me is that Jonah is never rebuked for telling God that he's angry. I mean, Jonah is never, it, it never appears that God is mad at Jonah for being honest with God. What God wants is Jonah's heart, and in order to have Jonah sort through what's in his heart, and for God to get a hold of Jonah's heart, Jonah needs to be honest about what's in Jonah's heart. So, so Jonah is mad at God for the way God is being God. When it comes to Nineveh, like, that was the wrong decision, God, that you did that, that you didn't destroy Nineveh. Or when it comes to the plant, like, it's really mean to give me the plant and then take away the plant. And I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, like, this is, this is so where we live. And, like, I I hate, I hate talking about this, but I'm going to kind of tell you my story a little bit so you can think about your stories. So you, I mean, let's make this deal, okay? I'll tell you my—I'll tell you this. If you think about you, so uh, several years ago now, we found out we were pregnant for our fifth kid, and I was mad. I was mad. I, I mean, four was enough, um, and. Uh, it felt like an act of God. This is not the place for me to go into details about that. But it felt like that pregnancy was an act of God. And I was mad at the world. But I knew I, knew I had to get my heart right. Like, I knew I couldn't stay mad. And so, in order to align my heart with God, I started giving thanks for this pregnancy, this baby, every day, especially at dinner. So dinner time comes around. I thank God for this pregnancy every day. So Cheyenne can hear me. Thank God for this pregnancy. So God hears me give thanks for this pregnancy. So my heart is a little less hard and a little bit more soft and more in line with God. So eventually, eventually my heart comes around and eventually I'm excited about the baby, looking forward to the baby, happy about the baby. And And then, I mean, you know the story if you've been here for a while, and then Justice was stillborn. Looked just like our other kids. I mean, just like our other kids. Cheyenne had heard the heartbeat that morning. We go in, we think it's going to be a regular delivery, and, and it wasn't. I'm like, man... That felt like whiplash. Like why would you give me something that I didn't really want, have my heart warm up to it and then take it away? I'm like, that's not how I would be God if I was God. You see that? When do you when do you feel like that? That's not how I would be God if I was God. That's Jonah's heart. That's not how I would be God if I was God. You know, you pray and you pray and you pray. You say, God, just tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. God, You you know, you're 19, and you're trying to figure out what your major should be, and you're burning money on classes, and you're like, God, please tell me what to do. I need to know what to do. And there's just silence. It's just silence. You're like, man, that is not how I would be God if I was God. Well, let me tell you, it's one thing when you're 19 to pray that. It's another thing when you're 39 to pray that. There's an, <laughs> the level of desperation kind of goes up a little bit. I can't stay where I am. I can't keep doing what I'm doing. Tell me what to do. Please tell me what to do. And it's just silence. And you're like, That's not how I would be God if I was God. Like, you pray for your loved one, you pray for your loved one, you pray for your loved one, you fast, you plead with God for your loved one. Please heal their heart, please heal their body, please heal their mind. You know, please get a hold of them. Please change them for good. You plead with God and you plead with God and it's just nothing happens. And you're like, God, that is not how I would be God if I was God. Here's why we pray, as far as I can tell, this is why we pray these angry prayers is it's kind of like cleaning out the fridge. When I clean out the fridge, where I start is just getting everything out of it. Once you have everything out of the fridge, you can figure out what you want to put in, put back in, and what you want to just throw away and be done with. I think when you pray an angry prayer, you, it's like cleaning out the fridge where you get it all out. You can see it, and you're like, yeah, we're not going to keep that anymore. We're going to let that go ahead and go away, but we're going to keep the love for God part. Sometimes you have to clean out the fridge and you have to tell God everything that's going on and why you're mad. And once it's out there, you can see it and you can know what to keep and what to let go of. So when it comes to aligning your heart with God, will you, number one, tell him why you're mad? Which is telling him why you're frustrated, why you're disappointed. Will you tell him why you're mad? Number two. Will you remember how he has loved you and how he has been patient with you? So remember Jonah runs from God and God hurls a storm and then God appoints a fish and Jonah is in the belly of the fish at the root of mountains with seaweed wrapped around his head and Jonah And Jonah prays near the end of that prayer in Jonah chapter 2. He prays, Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. He's like, Look, God loved me when I did not deserve it. He really did. You know, like I should have been destroyed, but he relented and showed me steadfast, loyal love. Do you remember remember the reasons Jonah's mad at God in chapter 4? Because God won't destroy the Ninevites. Because after all, God is merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in. <laughs> it's good for me, bad for them. That's not how I would be God. If I was God, I would be good to me, mean to them. Like they deserve it. I'm different, right? But look, look. I think, well, I'll just tell you, when I was in um, seminary, one, I took some counseling classes, and the guy was helping us, uh, the professor was helping us, like, be patient with people when they're slow to change, because not everyone changes just quickly. And in order to help us with that, he says, hey, how long have you been struggling with the same old sins? How long? How long has it taken you to change? You know, how long, how long have you been struggling with the same old selfish ambition? Same disease, different symptoms, sometimes throughout your whole life. How long have you been struggling with the same old godless insecurities? How long? How long has it taken you to address those insecurities? How long have you been struggling with those same old faithless fears? How many many, many years has it? How many decades has it been? How long have you desired treasures here on earth rather than treasures in heaven? How long have you sought the praise of men rather than the praise of God? If God has been patient with you, can God not be patient with them? If God has has been patient with you and God is being patient with them, can you be patient with them? Can you be patient with them? Can I be patient with them the same way that God has been patient with me? Remember how we were lost in our sin, how we were in over our heads, how we were drowning in our sin and, and it was bigger than us and stronger than us and how God saved us from our sin. Can we not be patient with them while God rescues them? So, so to align your heart with God, tell God why you're mad. There's no point in hiding it in the back of the fridge, hoping it will get better, hoping it will become good again. It will not become good again on its own. Get it out and deal with it. Will you tell God why you're mad? Number two, will you remember how he has loved you? And then number three, will you ask him for his heart? So in Jonah chapter four, verse 11, you remember what God's heart is? God's heart is beyond all comprehension for Jonah. God's heart is compassion for the Ninevites. And so God says, should I not pity Nineveh They don't even know their right hand from their left. Can I not have pity on them when they don't even know what they're doing? It just reminds me so much of Jesus. When Jesus is dying on the cross for our sins, Jesus has been tortured almost all the way to death. He's been beaten, mocked, bloodied, He's hungry, he's thirsty, he's exhausted, He's hanging on the cross. You remember what he says? He says, "Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing." Not heart of compassion versus a heart of contempt. Like this is what I'm saying with this is the fruit of the Spirit. For you and I to have this, what comes natural for us is not the compassion that you see in Jesus for his enemies, or you see in God's heart for the Ninevites. What comes natural to us is not compassion. What comes natural to us is contempt. They're mean to me, so I'm going to be mean to them. They hate me, so I hate them. That's what comes natural. What comes natural to us is to do what Jonah did and condemn people. What is supernatural, what is the work of the Spirit, is Jesus taking our condemnation onto himself and dying in our place. What is supernatural is is when we would say, God, I, I will love them with dying on the cross, love with your help. I will love them like you have loved me. What comes natural is constricting the people that God loves, like saying, I I know who God loves, same people I love. Same people that look like me, talk like me, act like me. Constricting who God loves, like Jonah constricted who God loved to him and his. What is supernatural is what Jesus did, and he commissioned us to go to the Ninevites. Because we're Ninevites ourselves. To align your heart with God, ask for the fruits of the Spirit. This this is something that God does in us through Holy Spirit supernatural work. So we've talked about tuning our hearts to God. And my goal is for you to be able to tune your heart to God by, number one, telling him why you're mad. By getting it out and telling him where you are. Telling him what's going on. Telling him why you're disappointed, why you're frustrated. Just tell him. Number two... To remember how God has been patient with you. Remember how God has loved you in a steadfast way. So you can love them in the same way. And then number three, to pray for the work of the Spirit in your life. That God would do a supernatural work and give you the love that he has for them. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would work in our hearts and our lives and pull us towards yourself. Lord, align our hearts with yours. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.